Welcome to Queens Public Library's Hip Hop Series Podcast. This was recorded January 14, 2016. It's an interview with KRS-One and VJ Ralph McDaniels of Video Music Box. But I just breeze over that. But in instance, you start to believe. You start to believe that that reality is your reality and what you must aspire to. So having said that, I'm practicing metaphysics. And metaphysical philosophy is about first causes. It's about the essence of things, being, time, space. What causes things to be? I'm at the edge of my bed, building with the God Just Dice. Just Dice, another record, would become another recording artist, but this is before his day. Me and him are sitting bed to bed. And I'm building with him, and I'm saying, listen, all we gotta do is stand still and manifest. We have to intend to be MCs and we'll be MCs. So we was building on that because he was saying, no, you have to put action to intention in order for, so you can't just intend something. You gotta put some action to it. I said, no, the intent is the action. So we went back and forth, back and forth. We didn't talk, this is how we used to talk all day. This is what we talking. So one day, about a week after this talk, a new social worker walks in to the shelter system. Dude named Scott Sterling. He walks in suit and tie briefcase. <laughs> so it just so happens there's four sections in the shelter. Blue, red, green, yellow, something like that. I'm in the blue section. This social worker is the social worker for the blue section. So everybody in the blue section has to go see this social worker. About 150, maybe 200 people got to go see one guy. So my turn comes up to see the social worker. They ask the same questions to everybody. Because <laughs> you're either asking for welfare, you're trying to get meal tickets, you're trying to get tokens, you're trying to get something from the social worker. So I, I had an arrogant attitude anyway. I'm an MC. I think I know it all. I walk in. So Scott says, "Okay, so what is your profession? What are, are you in school? You have a job. What is your deal?" I said, "I'm an MC," knowing that he was going to throw me out the office. I was sure he was going to throw me out the office, and I was going him along. Yeah, I'm an MC. Like, what you going to say to that? So he was like, "You are what?" I said, yeah, I'm an MC. He said, spit something right now. Just like quote. He said, spit something right now. I said, oh. Now, mind you, stop. I'm in the social worker's office. There's four other desks. People are crying to these other social workers. Things are going on. There's a line outside. This dude says to me, spit your rhyme right now. So I gave him the lyrics to what would become Elementary, the song on Criminal Minor called Elementary. The first verse is what I said to him. He sat back in his chair. He said, you got some skill. You got some skill. He said, I DJ every Friday and Saturday at 145th Street and Broadway. Why don't you come down? I'll put you on the guest list. It's like every word out his mouth. <laughs> guest list. Oh, God, God. Come down, down, down. Down, down. I was like, yo. 
I get down there. Now, mind you, this is the social worker. I walk out of there. Social, I go back, just dice. Yo, social worker, he told me to come down to this spot. I'm going to see what it is. Let's go. So I walk from 166th Street, Boston Road, all the way down to 145th Street and Broadway. Nice little walk. Got over there. I'm homeless. I look home. I'm just out. Okay. I get there. Big earrings. Girls' hair done crazy. Gold. Everybody's gold. No silver, no platinum, no diamonds. Everything's gold. Gold chain, gold earrings, gold watches. Gold. Everybody's just gold. I walk in. I go. I say, yo, my name is Chris. Parker, I'm here to get on the guest list. He's looking at the guest list. I don't see that here. I don't see Chris. Why? Moved over. Moved me over to the side. So I'm sitting there like, I know he told me I could come here tonight. I go back up. I say, yo, man, Chris Parker's not on here? He said, dude, if you ask me this one more time, man, I said, yo, what about KRS-One? He looked. He said, oh, oh, why didn't you say it was KRS-1? Why didn't you say that? But got, now, but you got I, corporate for me. I got corporate. Yo, no, but KRS-1 was nothing. I didn't know what, what KRS-1. That was just for me. That was just for me. Chris Parker was more popular than KRS-1. I was like, yo, let me, you know, he said, oh, KRS-1. So Scott put me down as the name he heard them calling me in the shelter. I didn't know he put me that he didn't know he he obviously heard me and then asked questions about me. And then and then put my name down, put down Karis One. I walk in, the first person I see, those that remember Broadway RT, you would go up some stairs, and the dance floor was on the second floor. I'm going up the stairs, coming down the stairs is Dougie Fresh and, and Slick Rick. Both of them. Actually, it was the whole Get Fresh crew. And they was coming downstairs, and I saw Dougie Fresh coming down. Gold and just crazy. And I'm there homeless. I have nothing, nothing. Zero. Okay? Dougie and Slick Rick coming down. Big jewels on. Rick got the hat on. They just dropped Lottie Dottie. And it was 1985. The demo was out. It wasn't even a record yet. We knew it in the hood. We, we knew who they was in the hood. And he had just dropped Lottie Dottie, which was bigger than the show. And back in the day, Lottie Dottie, we liked them. That was just a tear party. So I ain't got to tell y'all. But I'm, I'm going up the stairs, and this is who's coming down the stairs. And so I'm trying to hold my composure. I'm trying to walk up the stairs. I get up to the dance floor. The place packed. He's playing Mantronics. Scott's cutting Mantronics. Fresh is the word. I like to describe. Fresh, fresh, fresh is the word. I walk in. Everybody's their hands in the air. I was like, yo, this is hip-hop. This is me. I live here now. And so I walk in. And the social worker was on the turntables dealing with these people. Some six, seven hundred people packed up in this ballroom. He had everybody on their feet. Of course, his name is Scott LaRoff now. And he had everybody up playing the hits. He was just going crazy. And there were other DJs that were there to trying to pass him the record. Yo, play my record, play my record. So one night, now this is like three nights later, okay, now, I go there, and it was so crazy, okay? I'm going to drop two jewels on you right now. Just inside stuff on homelessness. 
after that, I went back to the shelter. But I forgot to get a late pass. <laughs> now, mind you, me and the social worker are partying until four in the morning. But I forgot to get a late pass, so I had to sleep on the train that night. So I went back, but there was no bus. It was like the morning was coming up. I'm on the train like this. I'm like, damn, I was just at the club. Like, yo, that's hot. I went out to Coney Island. I think I was on the D train. I went to Coney Island. I came back. Came back, and now the shelter was open, 9 o'clock, whatever. I walk in. Scott's in. Everybody's there. He was like, yo, what you think about last night? I was like, yo, that was amazing. That was, that was just crazy. So we started talking. And I said, you know, I trained with this other dude named Said G. Now, Said G later on would be called Ultramagnetic MCs. Said G, Cool Key, and Mo Love. But Said G was the dude at Webster Projects that, that was sampling. Now, in hip hop's history, Marley Mall is given the credit for being the first one to use sample drums, kicks, and snares. That's debated, but on a standard level, the first time we heard sample drums, switching from Run DMCs and LL Cool, from Def Jam sound, which was more of a rock sound, using the sound of the drum machine that, that you bought. Molly Mall, when we heard Eric B for president, Actually, it was Queensbridge, the record Queensbridge, the record I answered. Uh -oh. <laughs> but that record was one of the first records to use sampling. I go back to Eric B. and Rakim, uh, Eric B. for president. That's when we heard them drums. Boom, boom, bang. Right. Boom, boom, and you know, and, and those were samples. Those were samples. Like James Brown. Like James, those were James Brown samples. Those James Brown kick and snare. But said G, Ultra Magnetic MCs. That's right. Um, said G had a sampler. He had an SB12 with the side floppy disk mm -hmm. deal that you put in and sample records. Now I was, I would be called an original Ultra Magnetic MC. When I was broke with nothing, I'm coming out of the 166th Street shelter. I walk two blocks to 168, it's Webster Projects. I go upstairs, I'm right there. Seji's moms would lay out the food because she knew I was homeless. She knew I wasn't eating nothing in that place. So when I came to Seji's house, it wasn't just about the music, it was about that food. <laughs> and his moms would lay it out. It was it was brutal how she used to do it. You wanted to live there every day. But she used to cook like her moms would cook. And she would just do her thing. So I would eat, and then I would go to Sergi's bedroom, which is where his equipment was, and we would get it in. Sergi could have said anything at that point. Make me an album. I would go, sure. Um, go home. Okay, bye. That's how it was. The producer, the DJ, was Lord. Mm -hmm. The MC was the servant to the DJ. Mm -hmm. You had no other existence <laughs> other than to hype up the crowd for the DJ. Okay? So I'm coming up 
in that world where said G, he's the DJ producer. So I'm all talking about him and talking about ultramagnetic and talking about, you know, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about my DJ. Talk about the hood. Talk about what we do. Talk about, but not me. So one day I'm practicing with said G and the social worker walks in. Scott. But this time I was in a battle with like, there was like 30 people in said G's room. His room is no bigger than that sign right there. <laughs> and it's, we all in his, we like on his bed, climbing on, so we all in there. And dudes, it's like a little circle, only feet, you can see feet in the circle. And everybody's passing the mic around. And said G is playing these crazy beats. And, and Scott walks in and he's looking. So I'm going through dudes, one after the other. I'm just going through, and, and it's, it's funny, because if you were an MC Cypher, you know you get to a point where it doesn't matter anymore. It's like, okay, you're nice, we get it, let's just keep going. So it's like, we used to always arrive at those moments quickly. It's like, let's go. And the point was, is that I always had nothing to lose. I was the homeless broke kid from up the block. So dudes used to try to giggle my clothes, or... You know, whatever, I'm dirty, I stink, look at your hair, you know, this honestly, you know. But I was I had nothing to lose, so I just started breaking them down, you know, with your clothes and you know, you're giving your money to the white man, you know, all of that. And I would just go on and on. So dudes would be like, yo, this dude right here, what, what you call yourself? Knowledge reigns supreme over nearly everyone. And it was like, what, what kind of name is that? Your name gotta be MC Ski or, you know, Super Bob something, you know, like something. I'm like, no, nah, knowledge reigns supreme. That's, that's my name right there. So Scott saw that and invited me down to the studio. I'm Ralph McDaniels, and you're listening to Queens Public Library's Hip Hop Series with KRS-One. And we recorded the record advance. He put on two other dudes, um, Jerry Levi, who was also in the shelter, mm -hmm. and MC Quality, who he knew. Mm -hmm. So he put them down in the group. I wrote their lyrics. We came out with this first record. Zakia Records also had Eric B and Rakim. Eric B and Scott LaRock were close friends. Well, still are probably. But they were, at the time, close friends. They used to buy gold together down the Canal Street. So me and Rakim, we knew each other in passing all the time. But we were rival MCs, you know. Not rivals, but like, at the time, KRS-One was... Yeah, you know, like, you know, we were edgy with the Juice Crew. Edgy with Queens. Edgy, you know. It was edgy back then. The stations were warring. BLS, Kiss FM, who do you side with? You know, this kind of thing. And it was like, so it was like, Scott said, yo, come down and record. I recorded the song. He couldn't take it nowhere. He was a DJ, so he, he had a record pool. He used to go around and get records from all the major labels. So he had an in. So he would drop the demo and leave it. And he said, this is some conscious rap. This is what we call reality rap. Mm -hmm. That's what we call the reality rap. And he said, this is reality. You need to hear this. And nobody would hear it. It was like, nope, we ain't, that can't sell. You got to look like LL Cool J. You got to sound like Run DMC, mm -hmm. the Fat Boys, Houdini. These were the ruling gods at the time. And their records was dope. Well, you know, I ain't got to tell you about them. Uh, that was, they were just the rulers, okay? And if you didn't sound like that, you were not considered hip-hop. And underlying that, you was not considered hip-hop. 
If you were, I'm D, he's Run, I'm J, he's mm -hmm. this. Right. You had to sound like that. Nothing else was hip hop. Nothing else was right. hip hop. Yeah. Okay, Fat Boys. Okay, rest in peace, Buffy. Yes. You know, and so this is what it was. So hip hop had a whole following on the street. MC ciphers, battles, DJ battles, breaking battles that never, the mainstream never saw, never heard of, never, nothing. The first time we saw the club on TV was Ralph McDaniels, video music box. First time. You remember, it was a, our culture was not on the television. Yeah, unless it was, you know, I, oh, I tell well, people, mm. you're getting your head pushed down to mm. a police car. That's the only time you saw a young man, like, you know. That's the only time. So Scott takes us in the studio, and I remember one time he said, yo, you can't go in the club anymore with those sneakers on. It was I had some tore up something. <laughs> he took me down to um, Dr. J's and uh, on 3rd Avenue in the Bronx and bought me some fresh kicks. You know, that's why I understand, you know, today when people on the TV like, look at my this and my that, you know, I think as a person, I, I think it's silly, but I remember when I was that silly. Mm -hmm. I remember dressing up for Easter <laughs> and then didn't go to church. Right. <laughs> no, there was a part, there was, there was a crew that dressed up and went to church, right. and there was a crew that just got dressed <laughs> up. You know, it was our Coney Island. You went to Coney Island, <laughs> went to City Island. <laughs> you know, right. So, this is Scott. He's not just, you know, this is, he's, he's buying us stuff, feeding us, buying us clothes. There's about nine of us, MCs, different people, breakers, BIA crew, B-Boys in action. All of them, they went on to become huge too. Clown, Darren, all of them, major dancers. But Scott had all of us, and he was, the social worker for everybody. Everybody was a runaway, coming from under 21, shelter, prison, and all of that. And Scott was trying to show us business and, and how we could get out the hood. And we was nothing but hood. So it was like, after a while, it worked for both of us because Scott was the social worker with the four-year college degree. He knew his father, his mother. He had a family, you know, that was pushing him. We was homeless thugs in the street with nothing. And so here comes a social worker who's, who's giving us our dreams. Uh, come down to the club. After a while, it was like 15 of us in the club from the shelter, drinking on Scott. You know, they stamp your, he they stamp your hand. He just run back and forth to the bar. We just, we was out there bugging, okay? But say something about Scott LeRon. Right. All 15 of us, we on you. This is what it was. And it And that's where criminal minded. This is where it starts. <laughs> this is where it starts right here, which is the irony of the whole thing. Because I remember my first my like like when I changed styles, <clears throat> when I discovered the hip hop reggae style, it was um I used to listen to reggae sound clashes back in the days. Saxon versus Coxon and, and GT International versus somebody else. And, and, a, and a lot of that stuff from Criminal Mind, it comes from those tapes. And I remember listening 
uh, uh, to that, and it was one night at Broadway RT that somebody, uh, Scott was playing the record for a group that was to perform. And the group was just performing, so the NED, the house DJ, just put your record on, and you perform to the instrumental. Well, they, Scott put the record on, but the record kept skipping. And it was their record. They gave Scott the record, he put it on, he did this a hundred times, but the record they gave him kept skipping. It, it, he played it, they get into their act, the record skipped. He did, uh, oh, what, what, hear a little boom, audience, yeah, uh, let me do it again. Yeah, put the record on, they blamed it on Scott. Yo, you messed up our show, man. You the one that messed up. So they on the stage, calling them out on the stage. Yo, who's this Scott LaRock? LaRock, they laughing. La LaRock, ah, who's that? So, of course, we like, what? He's <laughs> talking to the meal ticket. <laughs> this dude just signed our late passes. You don't even understand how real. <laughs> you just don't even understand. The level we on right now, okay? Obviously, all 15 of us were on stage. Ten minutes we up there. But I took it to the battle level and was like, let's go, me and you. So we went through these dudes. It was nothing. They they had the old style. Same old style. I'm coming with my mind. We got rewind and spinning back stuff. You know. They couldn't deal with none of that. So it was like the crowd started to see another style. And it started right there on 145th Street, Broadway International. Started right there. I was I was trying to be like Shinehead. Those who remember Shinehead, I was trying to be like Shinehead. Shinehead was the first hip hop reggae dude. Okay, I heard him, and he he had this ill tape where he was battling somebody. And he made the sound of a helicopter with his mouth. Like he had the he's like, shine head coming down. And it sounded like a helicopter coming down. He landed, someone opened the door for him. Like it was all with his mouth. And then he commenced to do Michael Jackson. He said, there is no darkness tonight. Over some crazy reggae madness. Dude was like, bum, 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 bum. there is no doubt. I was like, yo, this is what hip hop needs. This right here, of course, Bob Marley was already in my blood. Peter Tosh already there. Yellow Man was already ruling. It was already there. But but hip hop is not they hip hop was not on that. Hip hop was on rock. We was feeling rock box was the absolute ruler. Because the rhymes I say, sharp as a nail, witty as can be, and not for itself. That was the craziest rhyme ever. Every DJ was cutting that part up. Because the rhymes I say, sharp as a nail. Because the rhymes I say, just hours we sit there on that right there. New style. This is what it was back then, and this is what it was to come up. Who was you loyal to? We had crews back in the days, and the DJ was the crew, and everybody knew, even though you had your own crew, everybody knew that Africa Bambada was Lord, and we gave Bam that respect. You know, all through my career, I get into it with this one and that one and so on. Back in the days, you know, it was, you know, we all had crew, you know, so it was like, I remember with X-Clan. Right. You know, it got wild. Like, 
we laugh about it. I just did a record with Brother Jay. We, it's just it's madness how life goes. But we was in each other's throat. I was there. And it's just crazy. He was there for everything. <laughs> and we there in each other's throat. The only one that comes through is Africa Bambada. Calls us up, yo, y'all know y'all bugging, right? We like, yup, we're bugging, no doubt. Yup, we're bugging. Bam called a meeting right there, we shook hands, it was over. And in a way, we kind of needed it. Because we're both conscious black men, we knew what it was. But this is Malcolm and Martin again, isn't it? This is Frederick Douglass, Martin R. Delaney. This is Marcus Garvey and W.E.B. Dubois. This is these people. Okay, here we are again, Tupac Biggie, KRS Shan, KRS X Clan, KRS, KRS, KRS. Come on, when are we gonna grow up? So at that time, Scott LaRock was the meal ticket. He was trying to get us off the street, come up out that, and become businessmen in this music thing and represent hip hop. Scott was the first one, told us about Zulu Nation and, and the Infinity Lessons and all of what Bam was teaching. Scott was older than you, I guess. Yeah, Scott was, um, yeah, he was older than me by like four years. And um, he was a social worker. So I say all of that to say that now in context, my first record, the first record we recorded was Criminal Minded, the song, and Elementary, the song. We took it to Mr. Magic. <laughs> and we said, rest in peace too. Um, we said, we want to be down with the Juice Crew. <laughs> How ironic. <laughs> Our whole deal was we want to be part of the Juice Crew. Scott went and literally begged Molly Maul to be down with the Juice. The Juice Crew was the hottest street group. If it was it was Def Jam or the Juice Crew. And Russell wasn't signing nobody. Okay? Beastie Boys shut the door. That's it. Only you could only sniff around Molly. He had Coogee rapping, Polo, Big Daddy Kane, Roxanne Shantae just took it to UTFO. Shan, Biz. This was the crew. We wanted to be part. So we made Criminal Minded in elementary and we took it to Molly. Molly said, this is garbage. We took it to Magic. Magic, please take us in. Mind you, I'm homeless. Every word that comes out of Magic's mouth is determining my future. Okay, slow motion. It's like, I know why. And so Magic just totally dissed us and said, no, I don't hear none of this. It's okay. But really, he dismissed it. So, Scott LaRock goes back and uh, says to us, says to me, he says, well, look, it looks like we're going to have to write like everyone else. And because my writing was always about social issues and this kind of thing, or a battle. So... Scott was saying, forget the battle. The battles are going to be over in a minute. Write the socially conscious stuff. That's what's going to be in the future. That's what's going to come. 
But I was a battle MC. That's what I. That's how I made money. That's how I, I, I had my reputation in the street. That's what it was. So when I went to the studio, I would do what Scott wanted me to do. So he would say, "Rhyme about this," and I'd say, "Okay, I'd rhyme about that." Right? Rhymes nuclear war, poverty in the hood, this, that, and the other. But I was going somewhere to like madness. Okay. So after Magic said. No, we're not going to sign you. It was the end of our careers. It wasn't like you can go somewhere else. It was over. So I said, <clears throat> I said, what did he say? He said the guy rhyming was whack. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> whack? MC Shen is whack. Wrote down this whole thing called The Bridge Is Over. And, and I don't cut for that. You in Queens. <laughs> Have some dignity. I'm Ralph McDaniels, and you're listening to Queens Public Library's Hip Hop Series with KRS-One.